This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. WVEZ is supported by Chicago Humanities, presenting live events with historians Doris Kearns Goodwin and John Meacham, comedian Reggie Watts and filmmaker Miranda July, and artists Hebrew Brantley and Amanda Williams in conversation, plus MSNBC chief correspondent Ali Velshi on small yet powerful acts of courage throughout history. Tickets for these events and more conversations on arts, culture, and current affairs at chicagohumanities.org. Hey, I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and you're listening to Reset. If you're a parent, sending your child off to their first day of school is something that you'll likely remember for the rest of your life. As school returns here in Chicago, there's more opportunity than ever before to get your kid into preschool. After former Mayor Rahm Emanuel launched a free preschool program, it's now available in 64 of Chicago's 77 neighborhoods. But enrollment in these preschool programs took a big hit during COVID, and two years later, there are over 3,000 empty slots, mostly on the city's south and west sides. Here to tell us more about this enrollment gap and what it means for schools is WBEZ education reporter and former Reset producer, Nareda Moreno. Nareda, give us the basics of this universal preschool program. Who's it open to and how do they get their children in? Sure. So the city has been slowly building up to universal pre-K since 2018, uh, but this is the first year that it's available for every single four-year-old in Chicago. Uh, so we're talking about free full-day programs that are open year-round, um, and it's pretty easy to sign up. You go to chicagoearlylearning.org, um, and you can apply to up to five schools, and that can be a CPS campus, that can be a community-based center. Um, it doesn't even need to be in your neighborhood, so you can send your kid to a school that's closer to your job or closer to your family. Um, but we should note that priority is based on need, uh, your home address, your child's age, and whether they have siblings at that school. Okay. Well, a WBEZ analysis actually found, as I mentioned earlier, low enrollment rates at the schools serving low-income families on the south and west sides. So disheartening. Also, higher rates at north side schools. So what's going on, Nareda? Right. So we looked at preschool data going back to the 2018 school year when this whole thing started to roll out. And the good news is that twice as many kids are enrolled overall. Um, But we also found the lowest enrollment rates at some of the neediest areas, um, schools with large majorities of either black or Latino children. Um, So if you look at the West Side, for example, uh, it had more preschool seats in 2018 than any other area in the city. Um, But enrollment has only dropped there over time from 59 percent to 51 percent. Wow. Enrollment on the north side is much higher in the mid-70 percent range, and that includes some predominantly Latino areas, places like Logan Square and Albany Park. Um, So this is not a new issue. Um, You know, it's the enrollment loss has been driven by the pandemic. There's out-migration of black families and declining birth rates. Uh, So the district is trying to get a handle of it. Um, But things aren't looking uh, that great. Yeah, that's... um Not good. You know, there's all sorts of research about just the benefits of preschool on kids' future education. I know my two went to preschool. Of course, this was in Canada where it wasn't 
it was mandatory. It was just you did that. You brought your kids to preschool because that's when school begins in Canada. So very different than the system here. Um, I know that you also talked with Samantha Melvin, who is a researcher for the Erickson Institute, uh, which is a graduate school for early childhood development in River North. Here's a little bit of what she told you. The ability to lift multiple generations out of out of poverty, it's not just about the kids, it's about their parents too. And so um, when kids are in early childhood education programs that really meet their needs, they're able to work, they're able to go to school, they're able to provide for their families in whatever um, ways that they need. And then the other piece of high quality programs is that they often can also serve as these hubs that can really link families to all the other kinds of resources that they need. So what else does research show that uh, is positive about pre-K? Right. Well, Samantha just referenced research from economist James Heckman uh, at the University of Chicago. And I know he's been on um, BEZ many times. Oh, yeah. Um, But he found that preschool is linked to better life outcomes. So that means, you know, better jobs, higher wages, higher graduation rates. Um, And he also says that it can help break the cycle of poverty in the long term. Um, There was another study out of UChicago that linked full day preschool to higher attendance rates, which is always a good thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've also heard from people that preschools are kind of like hubs in the community. So. They can link families to resources that they need, things like mental health resources. Um, Maybe they're helping parents apply for uh, food stamps, um, social services, things like that. Okay. Um, But the point is that it really is best to reach kids as early as possible while their brains are still developing. Um, So really from birth to preschool. So to that end, Nareda, what's the problem? What are some of the reasons parents just aren't enrolling their kids in preschool. Right. Well, anecdotally, I've been hearing from parents that they just don't know about free programs in the city. Um, There's this misconception that it's too expensive. Um, Maybe they think that their kids are too young to go to school. Um, And some parents just understandably are scared of letting go. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. (laughs) Yeah. They feel like, you know, they don't want their kids to be away from mom and dad. Um, And there's also this issue of childcare options. A lot of these programs end at like 2 or 3 p.m., so parents are still at work. So mm-hmm. you have to figure out, okay, well, Aftercare. Who's exactly. Yeah. That was a struggle for sure. Uh, you talked with Aisha Curtis as well. She teaches preschool at Dewey Elementary in Back of the Yards on the south side. Here's a little bit of what she said about parents' attitudes towards preschool, especially post-pandemic. With the pandemic, I've seen firsthand a lot of families, if they have a grandmother around, then my child will stay home with the grandmother or, you know, like, you know, instead of sending them to preschool, you know, first year pre-K, they, they would just rather wait to the last minute or or they'll come, but they'll barely bring them. Like, attendance was horrible this year. So, you know, it was just a lot going on. Yeah, parents seem justifiably concerned about their kids getting sick. Did, did Aisha talk to you about safety measures that schools are taking? Well, she did say that COVID is a concern for a lot of parents in that area. Um, she said that it goes back to childcare, though, that some parents just can't afford to lose work hours if their kid gets sick at school. Um, so they just keep their kids at home with like a family member with grandma or grandpa. Um, and I also heard from a, a daycare owner who said COVID has been a blessing uh, for him because he's been able to attract parents that prefer stricter COVID protocols or you know, smaller class sizes and more flexible hours. So if not enough kids enroll in preschool, what's going to happen for the schools? What's the consequence? 
Well, so this fall, CPS is closing 47 classrooms in 46 schools. Most are on the south and west sides, but that's based on low enrollment, right? So if you take Dewey, for example, where Aisha teaches Mm -hmm. um, in back of the yards, it is losing a preschool class this fall. um, But last year, it only filled 31% of its seats. Um, So the district has said that each school will still have at least one preschool classroom, um, and they can open a second one if there's enough demand. Anything else the district is doing to sign up more kids for preschool on the south and west sides? Yes. So CPS says it's trying to market preschool by placing ads on billboards, on the CTA, on TV. Um, They're hiring staff to help with the online application process. I talked to one principal at Hagen Elementary in Albany Park. Uh, Their school did... um, they did ice cream socials. They did movie nights oh, during nice. the summer just to, like, engage with the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to be paying off. They've had a lot more parents apply this year. Um, but the district has also teamed up with groups like Kofi uh, on door-to-door outreach. And I was lucky enough to, to profile them. Um, and I know we have a parent ambassador here, so I will just let, leave it at that. Well, I'll, I'll let you step aside then. Nareda Moreno is an education reporter here at WBEZ. Thank you so much. Great reporting. Thank you. We'll turn now to Michelle Morton, who's a parent ambassador for the organization that Nareda just mentioned. It's called Community Organizing and Family Issues, or COFI. Now, Michelle goes door-to-door, spreading the word about free preschool and guiding parents through the enrollment process. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to Reset. Hi. What's it been like for you, Michelle, spreading the word, going door-to-door, and talking to people about preschool? This has been a wonderful experience. I've been doing this for quite some time, just about 15 years. Um, Kofi as an organization, we have another organization under the umbrella of Kofi called PowerPath. That's Parents Organized to Win, Educate, and Renew Policy Action Council. We as PowerPath through our early learning program were wondering why people wasn't enrolling their children in preschool. Why would they keep them home until kindergarten or even as far as first grade before they let them go to school? So we as parents went out and talked to other parents to find out why they weren't bringing their kids back to school or even allowing them to go to school as as young as three years old. Mm -hmm. What we found out was a lot of them didn't know they could. Wow. They didn't have resources. They just had no clue. No clue that they could let them go that early. And they were, you know, like you said, they didn't want to let them go. I know 13 years later, here I am. I am a preschool. My daughter is a product of preschool, but Mm -hmm. I was scared to let her go too. But through what I learned as a power packer, I knew that it was important for her to go and start her educational journey early. Tell but, us tell us more about your, your daughter's preschool experience and how that influenced your views now on preschool. My daughter, when I enrolled my daughter, they were only going half day. I enrolled her at three years old. Um, but as a backup plan for me, I also enrolled her in a child care program as well. So when she got out of school at 1045 from CPS, she went to a child care program from 1145 to four. I see. Where she, um, where it extended her education. So by the time she got done with preschool, I did this both years, three and four. So by the time she was done with preschool, she was already reading when she went into kindergarten. Wow. That's incredible. She was already reading. It was, um, I felt like it was a double dose. 
what she got in the morning helped her excel at what she was getting in the evening. So, so of course, this is informing your work then with, with Kofi. Mm-hmm. Tell us where you go. Like, where in the city are you doing this work? And, and what kind of reception, as you share this story with folks, what kind of reception are you getting from them? It's surprising to some people that um, I would go that far to make sure my daughter was a success in school. And they was like, why you do all that? Because I felt like bringing her back home in the afternoon, yes, I did work with her, but I wanted her to have a little more, a little more of a boost when she got to kindergarten. So I would tell my, I tell my stories to parents all the time. I'm also a product of the preschool program when I was a kid and it helped me a lot in school. So I would let them know that starting them early puts them on the segue right to college Mm -hmm. early because what we didn't learn in preschool when we were young, they have to know more, way more than we did. They have to know sight words when they get out of preschool. By the time they get to kindergarten, they're already on the process to learning at addition and subtraction. So it's already segueing them into first grade, starting early. Now, if a parent is, is hesitant, Michelle, about enrolling their child in preschool, what do you tell them? I let them know that a lot of times we hear, I just don't want to let them go. That's my baby. And I let them know as a parent, I understand because I only have one baby. So I was real hesitant mm-hmm. on letting her go. Right. It was my first and only. But as I walked her into the school, I saw her social emotional learning take flight. She was able to interact with the children without having that only child syndrome of my, my, my. Yes. She was willing to share and do other things with the other kids that helped her grow and learn. So, and I also tell them the story that my daughter had a speech impediment and how going to preschool helped me get her into speech therapy to get her on the way to learning how to speak properly. And she finished speech by the time she was in third grade and she speaks very well. And there's an eighth grade student at Milton Bronson Specialty School in the Austin community. So um, preschool Mm -hmm. helped us in a lot of ways. So what is the preschool enrollment process, Michelle? And how do you help parents through that? What we do is when we go door to door, we explain to them about preschool and the that they would get out of going to preschool. We also let them know that they can enroll by going online to chicagoearlylearning.org and find schools in their community, like you said, or near their job that will help them. Because it does help you get out of poverty. It helped me get a job, be able to do things that I needed to do that I couldn't do because I had to find a sitter for my baby. help me get on the right path. We explain to them that this helps you. Even if you want the baby to go near your job, that's fine because it doesn't matter where you go as long as the baby's in preschool. Well, now that the school year started here in mm-hmm. Chicago, Michelle, what are your next steps? Next steps is to find out why enrollment is consistently low. We need to find out post-pandemic, what we can do to get parents to not fear the health battle. Let them know about the um, things that CPS is doing to protect our children from getting COVID, from getting monkeypox. See, the more they watch TV, the more the fear comes. Mm. The more they hear about different strands of COVID, monkeypox, and all other things going around, that's more fear. 
because now I have a fear for my baby as well as my other children that are older. So it's all around low enrollment, not just with pre-K. That makes your so, job really difficult though, right? Having to give that sense, additional information and sometimes in fight sense, misinformation. In a sense, it it does, but I'm a parent. So it's easier for them to hear from a parent than an administrator because they're hesitant on believing an administrator. Yeah, you say you got this in the school, but hmm, you won't let me in here to see whether you got it. But me as a parent speaking to another parent, my story, and being able to talk to administrators and find out what's going on, because I'm coming back with firsthand information because I don't want to tell you a lie. I don't have a story to sell you. I want you to know the truth about what's really going on when you take your baby to enroll in schools. And I tell anybody, if you're going to a child care center, go yourself first before you take your child. Oh, for sure. See how, see how the teacher interacts with your child. See how your child interacts with the teacher as well as the other children and staff in that center. That way you can figure out your baby's comfort zone and yours as well for leaving them there. Great advice. That is Michelle Morton, a parent volunteer at Community Organizing and Family Issues, or COFI. She goes door-to-door helping spread the word about free preschool programs on the south and west sides of Chicago. Thank you so much, Michelle. Great work. Thank you for having me, and you're welcome. This episode of Reset was produced by Charles Dastin and mixed by Marie Mendoza. Keep checking in with us for a daily dose of news and conversation on politics, the economy, arts, and culture. We drop a new episode every weekday afternoon, and sometimes on the weekends, too. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with more tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.